The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I am Brandon, and uh, with me I have... Russell McGee. All right, this series of Old Space Show follows the semi-antastic adventures of Galen and his two astronaut pals, Peter and Alan. You can call him Al if you want. Da, 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 Don't call me Al. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, so, uh, as they wade their way through the futuristic Earth in the short-lived television version of Planet of the Apes, so short-lived, we're talking about the 14th and final episode, Up Above the World So High. Unaware that a chimpanzee scientist plans to use a human prisoner's flying machine for her own deadly purpose, Ferdinand Burke and Galen help the man, Lurik, to build a hang glider. All right, this one, this final episode is directed by John Meredith Lucas and written by Simon Winkleberg and Arthur Brown Jr., starring Roddy McDowell, Ron Harper, James Naughton, Mark Leonard, Booth Coleman, Joanna Barnes, Frank Aletter, and Martin Brooks. All right, we got some some good notable people here on this one, unlike the, the last one here. Not that they weren't notable, but because they were in a Planet of the Apes piece of history but uh lucas the director he directed three episodes of alfred hitchcock presents three of zorro uh he directed and produced some ben casey episodes the fugitive and um he directed three episodes of star trek but produced 10 of them uh fortnite gallery episodes he wrote six million dollar man uh logan's run that that shows uh yeah kojak um, the Fugitive, uh, Ben Casey, and the film Frankenstein versus Baragon. Oh, he wrote that. He Seriously? wrote it. He was the writer. Of okay, that. that's crazy. So genre cred from this guy, uh, Brown Jr., the writer here. He wrote for Gunsmoke, The Virginian, all that stuff, Incredible Hulk. But he took a spin in his later career in animation. Uh, he did uh, episodes of the Tarzan Lone Ranger Zorro Adventure Hour, mm-hmm. Masters of the Universe, and Filmation's Ghostbusters. So not like Slimer and the real Ghostbusters, which that's why it got called that. There was another Ghostbusters show with a big monkey, um, an ape. Hey, look at that connection uh, where they drove that weird old Dragula type car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he wrote uh, one episode of that. That was his last credit, was Filmation's Ghostbusters. And this is much better Filmation animation than the Star Trek show and the Planet of the Apes show that would get animated. Um, But, yeah, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Our other writer, Winkleberg, uh, he, he got a Law and Order episode, like, 
a writing credit posthumous. Like he never it's like they must have like dug up huh. a script and used it later after he died. Um, cause it's like, it comes out like seven years after he died. That's uh, weird. he wrote a lot of dynasty. He wrote for the Logan's run TV show, uh, police woman Serpico, the series, uh, Gunsmoke, the new Perry Mason star Trek. He also wrote for that lost in space and naked city. So it looks like a lot of people worked on star Trek and met <laughs> or something for this one. Uh, and of course our, uh, guest star, we have two of them, um, Joanna Barnes, she was Jane in Tarzan, the Ape Man, where Denny Miller played Tarzan, uh, Claudia Marius in Spartacus, but most mm. notably, she was the the gold-digging woman after the girl's dad in The Parent Trap, the original Parent Trap. She was the, the one that was the dad was with, uh, that they were trying to get the dad away from to get back with the mom. So the trap was being set for... Not her, but to get her out of the picture. Uh, and she just passed away recently in April this year, April 29th. So, RP, uh, we're going to celebrate you good because we have a lot of good things to say about you and the episode. Very much so. Uh, and Brooks, lastly, um, guest star. Okay, so he had a big career in television. He was in The Surgeon already. Uh, he played Leander. But uh, I don't think I mentioned, he was Dr. Rudy Wells from Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic Woman. So, and like he's been something through all those properties, um, recurring those, star. Yeah. I was going to say, which those are now coming out on blue. Yep. Both yep. of them. Uh, yep. if they weren't so dang expensive, I would grab them. They'll come down. You know this. It's Shout Factory. I don't know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and they don't send me those. Oh. I would take those, but they don't send me the TV shows. Um, so this episode, um, they go out on a gem. I'm gonna just lay it out right here. Um, and the, it, yeah, I told you early on this is by far my favorite episode, and the thing that stuck with me decades later is this this particular story. It's the best written episode of the series. It is a trip to go through because. They really pulled the rug out from under me watching this. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, okay, 1975 show where I'm like, I know genre shows is fine. Just appreciate that. No, I was, I was, I was fooled and I loved it. Um, like, yeah, so it's this episode where this, they find this guy doing hang glider things. They want to help him. He gets kidnapped by the apes because of it. Um, at first they're trying to dissuade him from actually mm-hmm. con- pursuing flying because of the fact that he could easily get shot and right. they're like you could plow gardens make a new plow and this guy is like very much in the true fashion of an artist or whatever who is yeah. completely following their passion mm-hmm. yeah and they're they're trying to give him futuristic knowledge to a guy that's like mm, I don't try I just met you no like no, I'm just gonna do my thing, and they. I love it. Galen calls him a flying reptile when he sees the yeah. glider. You can't believe a human can fly. Uh, his name's Luric, um, but yeah, he thinks they're just trying to steal his idea and stuff like that, um, and take the credit for being the first people to fly. Yeah, and we get this. Um, so, like the the apes do spot it, and they they have a meeting about it, and 
Zeus, like it's no more than a toy. And then there's a female scientist that rises up, Nicarcia, played by Joanna Barnes here, um, presents the idea uh, that that it, that this idea could serve the apes, and she's like, it's illogical, but there's a reason to believe our ancestors knew how to fly. If flying were were worthless, would our ancestors have engaged in it? Um, mm. And there's like a village that apes don't go to or something that they're trying to push this guy to be at, but he gets captured. Uh, but like they have these scenes where like he and Carcia get along. They, you know, he has no problem showing her how to do these. Like she's interested, uh, sharing the tech, trying to make it work. Well, and let's be fair. She's manipulating him. The we don't, whole but time. we don't really know it though. And right, we've seen right, this before right. because Galen gets into the picture. Uh, he's trying to spread the reptile can fly narrative uh, with the gorillas and stuff, but he uh, ends up having like good rapport. Um, and Carcia puts her trust uh, with Lyric, and and like Galen's trying to sell it on Peter and Alan. Um, and there's like there's a thing where they're making like two competitive. They're competing to make gliders. They want Galen to test theirs because they won't shoot an ape down if he's doing it. Um, well, but, part of it is they know that if uh, Lyric uses his, that the way that he's designed mm-hmm. it, he's going to crash and he could die. And, right. and he doesn't know how to like do it safely. Whereas, right. Yeah. Yeah. First order of business isn't to stop a glider that will fly. First order of business is to stop a glider that won't fly. That's that's the thing. And there's like a romantic bond between Galen and Carcia going on. Um, and he's got an undercover name. I did. I, I put out. I have a little note. She has a coat in one scene that I'm like, she looks awesome with that coat. It totally looks like something you might see, like you know, even today, like my wife would wear something like I, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks <laughs> awesome. Um, but the the big thing here that blew my mind is Carcia is one thousand percent a villain in this. Like we've seen this before with like the surgeon and other things where there's an ape to ape relationship with Galen convinced they want to learn that's for the best of everyone. They don't want war with humans, but no, I, holy shit. She's evil. Um, it's like, like a, not even just a little evil. No, lot. like what is her? She's better. She's the best villain in this entire run. Of everything, even Zayas included, Mark Leonard, no, no, Urko, no, nobody is as devious and awful. And like, this is because I felt broken. I was like, oh my gosh, what? (laughs) And I couldn't believe this was doing this to me. I was like, what? And, and I, oh, I love it. She's because she's like, talks about, yeah, I'm going to. I'm just, I'm gonna kill him once I get all this, you know. Like it's like, oh, what? Uh, kill kill who specifically? Lyric, lyric, the right. human. She wants to kill the human, and then like Galen gets went, and he's like, all right, we gotta get him out of here. And she catches them as they're leaving, and he's like, she's like, you're choosing a human over me, and he's like, I'm choosing a human over what over what you're going to do. Like just like oh, and yeah. there's there's an escape with some pretty good like fight choreography going on in it there's some shaky cam stuff for 70 genre tv this is effective it works like yeah i it, it was cool i was like i was it i was i was into this at this time um but uh yeah it comes to the point where they're like lurit gets shot in the hand during this escape and he can't like fly right 
but they figure like, oh, him and Galen can fly together. Um, and you're, but you're missing a big part of this too, from the standpoint that like Burke and Peter tried to go ahead and mm. warn Galen yeah. about the fact that like she's no good because they come into the tent as they're assembling their glider. Oh yeah, which, yeah, 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 yeah. Which which they actually they sabotage the other glider with a magnifying glass that they build out of um, a piece of uh, sand that had been struck by lightning. So that's another little cool sciencey thing that they yes. end up doing in the episode where Galen actually places it in the glider so the sun will then burn and like he plays dumb whenever um, you know his love interest is asking about it later on and he tries to play it off. Oh, like you just discovered that this magnifier, this, uh, what did they call it? Not magnifier. Um, um, I'm trying to think what they called it. Bigger. They have a word. Enlarger. Enlarger. Okay, the enlarger. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the enlarger also has, you know, you found out that it also can burn things and you, I, I will give you credit for that discovery. So like, it's interesting because like, early on and i think what also helps is like galen really is falling for her mm -hmm. and that that love interest actually sells it where like we're put off and we we don't see that she's as terrible as she is but then whenever um they come in burke and um peter they come in and they go and they come into her tent and they're reporting in that everything's ready to go mm -hmm. for the test flight and they see over in the corner, she's got fragment grenades, essentially, right? Yeah. And she's got a whole canister of them that she's been, you know, stock holding. And, like, if this glider works, her intent is to go ahead and blow up all the chimpanzees, all the gorillas, or not chimpanzees, all the orangutans and all the uh, gorillas so the chimpanzees can take over as, like, being the most intelligent of the three different yeah. species. Yeah. She's yeah. Vile. Um, yeah. And it's funny. Cause like an episode, like the surgeon sets us up to be like, Oh, we've seen this before with Galen and female ape. And you know, they, right. and mm -mm, goes the other way, big time, the other way. Um, but yeah, and then like when she sets him off for the glider with like, okay, you're gonna fly this thing, but if you go this far, they're gonna shoot you down. Like, don't don't go further than that. And but with Galen, you know, he's got to, and then they uh crash and she says, They're dead, and so is the secret of flying. But they pulled the old crash the glider into the water where the escape raft is waiting trick. That's what they did. Yep. Peter and Alan also knocked out some of the gorillas so they mm -hmm. wouldn't shoot them either, too. Yes. Um, but yeah, and and then our heroes sail on. Uh, Galen, the ape who defied his people. Alan, the family man in search of a way home. Peter, the champion of humanity. And, and Lyric, who they just picked up in this episode. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, you know, it's a cool ending and if you know for a season finale that works um but there's yeah no more adventures uh with the, no. the apes and it ends uh, at least you it ended on a high 
It ended on me wanting me more. The world's so high. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. Oh, true, true, true. Um, but yeah, I th- this one was great. Like up, like fantastic. Uh, no pacing issues. No, oh, uh, it's seventy. Like the drama was great. The ideals were great. This was the, this was the culmination of everything good coming together and nailing it. Um, you you talked about the last episode. There not being really a, a good female role in that story with Liberator. Yeah. Here the reverse is true, where you get one of the best female roles that mm-hmm. you see in a television episode of this era. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And uh you know, this one of the best just roles period of the show too. Like this is oh man, screw Zeus, screw <laughs> Urko, I don't care. This she'd better be, you know, you found it. You you found someone to go and a good foil for Galen. Uh yeah. like yeah, this is your I mean at least your season 1 overarching villain. Um, but yeah, no, she, she was, Carsey was great. Um, dang, love that. Like that. Yeah. This should have been a hit, man. Maybe she would not be known for the parent trap. She'd be known for, <laughs> for this show, but yeah. So, uh, definitely, uh, but uh, Russell, so the show ended, but as with any show that would get canceled around this time, you have to be prepared for the, the, uh, back, uh, back end pick of the back nine episodes of a show or something like that, as they call them. Um, there were some unproduced scripts for Planet of the Apes. Right. Um, dude, you want do you want to overview those a little bit um, for them? I haven't. You sent me. I what, did. Play this is something them, like I did not yeah. get a chance to read through. A lot nor nor did I, and we talked about that. But the thing is, like, they ended up having like a total of. I think what seven there's six that's listed on the wiki, but there is a, I get from what I also read, there's a seventh that also wasn't filmed. So we got the two Rod Serlings that we talked about early, early on. Mm -hmm. And then there's hostage, a fallen God, the Trek freedom road, the mine and the trial. And the two that you actually can find online are Hostage and A Fallen God. Mm-hmm. Um, and those scripts are available if you're interested in, in reading up on some of the stories that weren't produced here. And they still um, have old character names, a couple, like, because uh, I believe uh, Alan was called Kovac. Um, so that that's one thing to look for, I believe. And they were still they were hitting on some of those topics because, like, I looked up like Freedom Road. That's about like the Underground Railroad, but done with uh, humans escaping from apes um, through things like that. And then the Trek is um, episode um, where they have to go to the Forbidden Zone, um, uh, trying to get something prove their prove their worth. Um, there's a lot of there's some same sameness through a couple of these where I'm like that sounds like just like the similar thing but going this way or something like that but that can happen. Uh, the trial, um, of course, uh, that one is uh, I think Peter kills an ape on accident has to go on trial. So you know that episode's coming with a sci-fi genre show uh, to show the the justice system at work. Um, but um, yeah, that. It's interesting uh, that it could, you know, there there was plans to go on, just, you know, finish a season. Um, and I'm sure had a couple of these been made, we'd have even a couple more beyond that to get to the 
typical like what twenty four or twenty two would be about the deta- uh-huh. around this time. Yeah, what it was what it would have been, but it was not to be. It didn't even make a show. Didn't make it to January. Um, the thing that Brandon and I talked about before we even got on that is just interesting is like we both looked and we can't find why the show was actually canceled. Brandon just postulated that it's uh, just you know your ratings, but mm-hmm. like there's not anything documented as to why exactly it got canceled. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, cause I mean, when we did a uh, space 1999 on the show, we had all sorts of um, reasons and ratings and stuff and uh, why the second season had, it had changes revolving around. Well, and there were plans. It was actually right. going to have a third season. It was going to have a spinoff and just kind of, nah, you know what? No, it wasn't, uh, ratings were a lot tougher back then too, so I would imagine this was very likely the simple answer of ratings. I don't think there was any like too expensive or turmoil, which ape costumes every week is probably too. Ex- so even if it was probably fairly well rated, but not enough, I could see it getting canceled because of being expensive. You got to have people as apes every week. That's not cheap, right? And we talked in an earlier episode as far as as a 12-hour makeup process as far as Mm -hmm. that goes all said and done. And that's not just the actors. You're paying the crew that. You're paying, you know, makeup artists, costuming, props. Yeah, it's a a crazy, crazy thing for that. And this is like old-school television where it's based on trying to be a 9-to-5 job when it can. Well, sorry, 12-hour day, 3 hours in the makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's the thing. But uh, but overall thoughts for the, the season, Russell? Well, before we get to that, the, the thing oh, yeah, yeah, we talked cool. about this, um, again, is this, as I said, was my favorite uh, mm. story. And, like, I don't I don't know if I actually did see it because we talked about oh, yes. how Liberator and this one also aired in some regions. Um, and I definitely remember having seen this. But then the other thing that, is a possibility because Brandon and I looked it up is this combined with, uh, was it the tide? Um, tomorrow's tide. Yeah. Tomorrow's tide. Those two episodes, because they're also filmed in, in the same location as far as, uh, by the sea, um, were actually edited together into a two hour film that they did send out into circulation in 1981. And Brandon, what was the title of that? Uh, it was Farewell, the Planet Apes. So there are uh, five of these films. So uh, the episodes Escape from Tomorrow and The Trap got uh, packaged. They got edited together as a, a feature film called Back to the Planet of the Apes. Uh, the Gladiators and The Legacy uh, were called The Forgotten City of the Planet of the Apes. Treachery, or The Horse Race and The Tyrant were Treachery and Greed on the Planet of the Apes. And then the surgeon and the interrogation were life, liberty, and pursuit on the planet of the apes. So these were repackaged for uh, TV broadcast and in the nineteen eighty is in eighty one is when they they started uh, repackaging this and playing them. I don't know if they what was going on with Planet of the Apes that they they did this, but um, maybe it was and just syndication package syndication C- cable yeah. cable in its early um, day local stations probably needing Saturday afternoon stuff. Well, and that was, that was back when uh, the TV movie of the week was King. So like being able to repackage these into TV movies. Right. 
true probably did help true true um yeah um so yeah your, your thoughts on the season as a whole Again, we've covered this. Like, it's a very, very slow, rough start to mm-hmm. get to where there are some very good episodes. But like, once you get there, it's definitely worth the the time to view and right. just see how these characters develop and what they were trying to do with the show. And then, as we also discussed, this episode in particular is just a really, really high, just positive. Uh, for the series to end on and it it's a shame it would have been interesting to see what could have happened next as far as those unproduced scripts and maybe a second season mm-hmm. yeah and uh <laughs> I, I i feel like it's a shame because there were some promises in some early episodes about setting up what they would be doing to go find in these cities that never got followed up upon ever because of course, you would have to get to those mythology episodes at some point, and I think one of the scripts that was not produced touched on that a little bit, um, but we never got there. Like that setup that we had uh, where they have the archives hidden yes. throughout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe another one, there was another episode coming that would have, I think the mine maybe have been that episode, um, but uh, yeah, yeah the, we never got to bank on that um which that could have probably been their goal for a sweeps every year or season finale um but we never got to do that but no it does it, it is it, it was a nice relief when we started getting this run of good episodes like okay there really was good stuff here okay okay sure there was really good stuff here um and it ended on a high which was was very nice um like favorite episodes for me like i i liked this one uh the surgeon was an easy sure. one. I liked. I did like the tyrant quite a bit. Um, what about you, Russell? I know this one, but this aside... one. But as I said, the cure was another one that's oh, really yeah. up there. Mm-hmm. And yes, I agree. The surgeon, especially just because we get Galen's family in that one. That one still sticks out for me. Yeah, the but, but yeah, before this one today, that would have been my favorite. But I'm like, nope, I gotta go with up and up, up above the world so high. That was so good. No, and I, I think the other thing that's interesting is like this series actually expands on the ape world in general. And I just, again, that's another reason it's a shame that it ended because I would have liked to have seen where they could have gone with it beyond what we've seen in the films. And mm-hmm. there were some real possibilities as far as societal and cultural that were happening that they were building as as we were just hinting at but like we just we never got there and it's like even with this last episode with we have a chimp that's like trying to like overpower the gorillas and orangutans what what would have happened if they did play with that and actually had something a falling out with you know i there's just there's a lot that was there as far as promise that we just didn't get to. Right. Right. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, that's a, that's the thing with this short lived one. Um, <laughs> this uh, is, this the shortest, this might be the shortest lived one we've done here. Uh, well, we did, uh, when I turned it to old teen show, we did the Heights and that was canceled before the first season. So this is our second show that didn't get to go beyond its first season. Um, and yeah, this one was like, oh, where are we going with this? And it's so weird to see these 
shows with such promise that just nope, not enough people like it. I'm going to plug this just because you're talking about things that didn't go on is like, if, if we were ever to do another one of these, Brandon, another thing I'd be into is the tripods. If you've ever seen that, which is, it's another uh, British show that it's adapted from a novel series and they literally had one more season to go, but like Dr. Who, Michael Grade stepped in mm. and he I did not like it. genres. He canned it as far as so like it got two seasons and that's as far as it got. Boy. Anyway. Um, gotcha. Well, speaking of Michael Graydon his hatred for Doctor Who. That's <laughs> where we're going next here on Old Space Show. But Russell, thank you. This has been a great journey and I've enjoyed spending 14 episodes with you talking about play of the apes and i was happy when this got thrown at me of suggestion and you were like oh i want it i want it you saw you, <laughs> you saw a beacon and you're like man. take it and it was where is what a journey it was a good it was a good one um but uh, for the time being before you return to the show here and probably in the near future or so i'll let people know where they can keep up with you Again, um, I'm at WTIUWFIU, uh, so at Indiana Public Media as the on-air promotions producer with the day job. And then also um, for Sci-Fi Geekery, as I said, I also work on Doctor Who, uh, specifically the Gallifrey series for Big Finish Productions out of the UK. So like, if you want to check out some of those full cast audios, um, I highly recommend them. And yes, I'm a little biased, but... We also get the original cast members back, like, you know, what we were talking about mm-hmm. here with the space show. So, like, you get to see some of your favorites from the classic series and even new series stars, if anybody's interested in that. So, check us out, bigfinishproductions.com. We love stories. <laughs> All right. Hashtag, and it'll be a clue for where we're going, but hashtag time and the Tony. Think about it. All right. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brand4KUHD, written work at ysoblue.com. Uh, there's more from the Brand Peters show this week. I hope you're enjoying the summer of 82 at 40. It's awesome. I'm loving it. But, Russell, one last time from Old Space. It's a Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>